one. Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a, a lawyer coach with us today. She's going to teach us her insights on burnout prevention, self-care, and the blueprint for achieving lasting success in both career and wellness. So let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a remarkable guest with us, a former big law lawyer who has transformed into a certified coach consultant specializing in burnout prevention and sustainable high performance. Her journey from the high-stress world of law to a well uh, to a wellness-focused coach is truly inspiring. We're going to dive into her personal experience of burnout, her quest to find a better way to achieve career success without sacrificing wellness, and the pr- blueprint she's developed to help top executives and businesses optimize their performance and well-being. So let's welcome to the show, Miss Charlene Giselle. <laughs> All right, Charlene, welcome to the show. That's possibly one of the warmest introductions I've ever had. I love it. I love your video. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we got you smiling, so that's a big, huge plus. That's the way we like to start the show. All right, uh, let's dive into this. Question number one is always the most obvious question, I think. Everybody who comes on the show is here to promote something, to talk about their product or service, something that they do to help others and uh, ultimately make their living. What is that for you? Keynote speaking on the topic of burnout prevention and well-being as well as performance coaching. Ooh, keynote speaking. Okay, so you must have a specific target audience that you're going after. Obviously, on the consulting side, it would be one thing. But for keynote speaking, who's your target audience? Law firms, organizations, specifically in professional services. So it may be banking, could be accounting, but a lot of law firms due to my background being a former lawyer. And I also work with law schools and specifically law schools that want to encourage their aspiring young talent to perform in a way that is sustainable in the long term for their career. And I've been working with business schools as well. I I get, um, at first, before doing this podcast, I would get really nervous about speaking on stage. And for some reason, after talking to over a thousand entrepreneurs, it's gotten a lot easier. I actually have fun when I get on stage. What's your experience like? I mean, do you get a certain thrill? Do you get super nervous? What's your experience like when you know you're about to step on a stage in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people? You know, I don't think you can ever be jaded about it. And if you are, you probably need to change your job. So any speaker that says, oh, yeah, it's just super easy. I don't feel nervous anymore. I don't know if it's true. I mean, I think it's natural to feel the right amount of 
butterflies, right? As long as they don't distract you from performing in the best way, I think having a little bit of that adrenaline rush is actually healthy and I tap into it. So just like any other person, when I get a huge stage, I get hundreds and hundreds of people coming. Of course, I get the butterflies, but I reframe that. I just think of them as they're serving me to perform at my best. They're actually going to help me feel super energized and to have a lot to offer. And I feel really pumped up about it. Me too. I love that feeling. Uh, I also feel like that nervous feeling beforehand is what kind of drives me to prepare for that particular event to learn more about who's going to be there and where they're coming from and what their journey is like so that I can provide the best information possible in the best way that they're prepared to receive it. So let me ask you about your background. I know in your intro, I said you were an attorney at one point. What was your educational background uh, and what got you to a point where you wanted to leave law and become like a consultant or a speaker yes of course so my background is i studied law at cambridge university so i was i think you could say a bit of a nerd a bit of a gig <laughs> uh, you know a lot of little girls want to be princess when they grow up i wanted to be a lawyer so I always wanted to do that. Uh, my father was a hero in my eyes, uh, a model and someone that I really wanted to um, make proud, really. And the pivot point was actually a few years into my career. I was a high-powered litigator. I actually loved what I did and I worked super hard. I loved my law firms, my clients, and my colleagues. But I was working beyond the boundaries of what my body and mind could sustain. I was really pushing those boundaries, working really, really super hard. We're talking, you know, 90 hours a week and not really recovering in a way that was smart or efficient. So just pushing harder and harder. But of course, I loved it and a bit of an A-type career obsessed personality. So if I'm being honest, I just kept on pushing harder and harder. But one day on a Monday morning, I received a call from my mother and it was very unusual for her to call me in the office. She knew not to go at work. Unfortunately, on that day, on, on his way to work, my dad, my hero, had a burnout-driven heart attack. Mm. And to me, that was really a, a paradigm shift where I realized for the first time in my life that the way we worked was actually not sustainable. I was too busy. I was in the middle of a huge litigation and I was a key associate. So I couldn't fly home on that day when he had a heart attack. So by the time I got home on Friday, when I walked into the hospital, he was in intensive care. He actually had a stroke before my eye. Mm-hmm. And that was world breaking, really sort of earth shattering moment. And it's only then in that moment or life of death that I decided, right, I'm, I'm going to be the coach that I wish my father had before the heart attack. I'm going to be the coach that I wish I had before I was burning out in taboo because I was embarrassed. When you're a high performing professional and you're type A overachiever, you don't want to say that you're struggling. You don't want to be the weak link. You don't want to be the one that says, I'm dealing with chronic anxiety. I was diagnosed with insomnia, but of course it's not something that I brought up at work. I just kept on pushing harder and harder. And I wanted to be the person that changes that. You know, it's it's strange because I, I always feel like um, athletes go through that a lot. They want to perfect their performance. They work really hard. And oftentimes, whether it's an athlete or a professional, the biggest critic and their biggest opponent is themselves. And that could be a great thing for competition, but it can be very detrimental when you put yourself in a position where like you're working 90 hours a week and there's nobody holding you accountable to the 90 hours 
other than you and you drive yourself almost ridiculously insane and and uh it's it's tough and i, I kind of want you to walk me back so you know dad dad gets really ill you know he he's he's struggling you realize you want to make that change what goes through your mind to say i'm leaving law to go be this coach versus just to change your lifestyle in the successful industry you were already in yeah, that's a great question. Well, perhaps I need to tell you a little bit more, and I hope you don't mind me being super candid and transparent here, but there were more aspects of my life that was that were really going into pieces at the same point. I was navigating a divorce the same period. My health was seriously deteriorating. As I just mentioned, I, I got diagnosed as uh, chronic insomnia. So I thought I really need a, a clean start. And I really didn't think that I could do that in the environment that I was in. I needed to take a step back to really understand my blind spot. So I'm quite analysis uh, driven and I wanted to audit my behavior and understand what did I do wrong? Because I didn't learn in law school how to take care of myself. You know, I was a top of the class student, um, super fast learner but I can't recall a class that taught me how to maintain my well-being I can't recall a class that taught me how to not burn myself out so I followed what I learned in law school by the book and I thought that was enough but that wasn't enough because I wasn't sustaining my success so I took a bit of a tabula rasa I actually decided to leave my career not to leave the law I left my career with a mission statement I'll be back I may not be back as a lawyer but I'll be back to your firm to help you with the tools that I didn't have. So it's not quite an eat, pray, love situation where I decided to go from a lawyer to just go live in a jungle, but kind of because I went from being a city high-powered lawyer to actually going to live in India, uh, into an ashram and to become a meditation teacher. The reason I did that is because I really wanted to reflect on, again, what I didn't do right and to understand the tools and techniques that I could bring back to the corporate world. So I did that three months in India. Then I went to live in Indonesia for six months. And then I went to the US, uh, spent time in Las Vegas, spent time in New York, and traveled to a lot of tech hubs to understand how I could implement the lesson that I learned from my travels and my yoga and my meditation background to neuroscience, biohacking, and bioengineering so I could package it up in a message that was not woo-woo, that was not fluffy, uh -oh. that was not airy-fairy or mystical. I wanted to be really offering practical solution to the corporate world. She's definitely talking over there. Sorry, looks like a... Do we have There we go. Lapse? I think I'm back. Sorry. Okay, yeah, good. yeah, we had a little laugh there. Sorry about that. Okay. So awesome. you, you were out there, you were, it, the, where I got lost was um, you were out there studying in Indonesia. Yes, um, and in India as well. So I became a meditation teacher, a yoga teacher. And while doing that, I was also studying to become a peak performance coach. So I did all my neuro-linguistic programming background and I became a master coach and a primal health coach. So I wanted to really integrate all the different pieces to a, heal myself, because I don't think you can serve anyone if you haven't fully healed first. But B, bring back a message that was empowering. I wanted to learn from different, um, different places, different culture, different teachers, all the different things that could combat burnout effectively. And that's how I developed the burnout blueprint.
Well, let me ask you because you know we come from a very hustle culture right now. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, you got to get out there and and make something of yourself. You got to work hard and put in the work to achieve whatever you want to achieve. We're also living in some inflationary times right mm. now, where the cost of everything is so ridiculous. You kind of need to hustle almost just to stay afloat. But I feel like you've also been exposed to a little bit, a a different kind of lifestyle where you realize that some of those things that we think we want, that we think we need are more like wants. And you kind of got to rationalize what life actually means and what is really important to you uh, because your mind can really be cracked if you're spending too much in that hustle culture. So what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs getting started today? If they're growing up in a time where it's tough to even get started, it's tough to maintain, to go out there. There's such huge push and competition, but at the same time, you got to give them that balance of life. What advice would you give them? I would say hustle hard. I'm a big hustler. I believe in working hard. I'm a performance coach, you know, uh, and I believe that working hard is healthy, but with adequate recovery. So my message to any aspiring talents listening right now, I would say, treat yourself like a high-performing athlete. It doesn't mean you're going to be a marathon runner. It doesn't mean you're going to sign up to a race, but you've got to get your fundamental in place and you cannot sacrifice them if you want to get to the top. You want to make a lot of money. You want to build a lot of business. Those are great, noble goals. Go on and do that and work harder and work harder than the person next to you. But recover harder than the person next to you too. That's how you're going to sustain your success. I see so many professionals, they've really built empires and they've done amazing things. And then they come to me and they have a heart attack, they have a diagnosis, their marriage is breaking apart. And I know those things because I've done them all wrong as well. So get your fundamental in place. What do I mean by that? Don't sacrifice your, your sleep. You work hard, you work late, great but make sure you have boundaries in place so that you can rest your brain so that you can perform at a peak performance state the following day neuroscientists teach us about the importance of rep sleep deep sleep light sleep i use an aura ring and i track my sleep and i'm really really disciplined about my sleep second piece of fundamental work hard but make sure you fuel yourself and fueling yourself doesn't mean getting delivery food or the pizza because it's easy and delicious it means eating like an athlete it means getting your nutrition in check because you want to perform high so you have to treat yourself like a high performer the third thing is especially if you're hustling online you're in digital e-commerce or you're building enterprise online that's wonderful i built a business online as well but you've got to make sure that you're not sucked into the sedentary culture because there is huge amount of danger in that so work hard work on your laptop but make sure that you walk make sure that you do lift every week you have to work on your stability and your flexibility you have to work on your strength and you have to get to work on your cardio get those fundamental in place and then you can sustain the distance that's a lot of work. I got to work on my it body. Is. I got to work on my mind. I got to work on my business. That's a lot of work. It but that's is. what my performance is all about. Uh, let me ask you what you've coached a lot of people. You've made mistakes yourself. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the common mistakes that you see people falling into and they don't realize it's a trap that they're falling into? They think it's the right thing to do uh, and they don't realize until, you know, hindsight of obviously, then they look back and like, oh yeah, of course I was going down that trap. But what's something that you can see that people make a lot of mistakes where they can probably prevent them if they see them coming ahead of time? 
number one mistake is time. I don't have time. That's number one objection. So this is, uh, I'm just going to give you the story of an archetypical client, no name given, but, you know, wake up and log on to my laptop. I wake up and I grab my phone and I need to get to the top of my emails and I start to worry. I start to get anxious. So I go from not having slept very well, being laid down in bed to glued to your laptop. At this point, my client hasn't seen daylight, hasn't walked, hasn't moved, goes to the laptop, goes to the desktop, goes to the email. We're speaking five hours into the day, still hasn't seen sunlight, gets a bit frustrated, maybe a bit pissed off and gets really hungry, doesn't have time to cook. So hits a button, gets crap delivery food and then keeps on working, still feels a little bit more anxious and a little bit more frustrated. So here comes the triple espressos or the grande mocha latte whatever it is and then it's nighttime and you procrastinated you were anxious so basically you still have a ton of work so you're seeing the time it's quite late and you're going to push further at this point you're not super efficient your brain is not working optimally but you keep on pushing on you're not very productive it's midnight so now you're quite anxious you don't know how to relax you turn on Netflix or you turn on another smart TV and you watch a movie for 90 minutes. You do that for a few years. That is a guaranteed burnout at the end. That uh, sounds very productive. I'm going to be honest. You probably got a lot of work done at that point, but you didn't do any of the work on your mind. You didn't do any of the work on your body. And after, like you said, year after year after year on that, you build that anxiety, that anxiety has got to blow up somewhere. You, you don't physically do anything. You're building all these bad things inside your body. Uh, it's tough. And I don't have time is probably the biggest excuse I hear with almost everything. It's the procrastination excuse that we put off for ourselves. Uh, any specific routine that you think you should do? Like it should be, this is the first thing you should do. This is the next thing you should do. Yeah. Great question. First thing, in the morning, and I know this is a tough one, by the way, because I was very guilty of that. But first thing, give yourself the grace of 30 minutes. I know you're busy. I know you've got to get to your email. But I don't think anyone is that busy that they can't take 30 minutes between the moment they open their eyes to the moment they're going to go and shine their brightest light and change the world. Take 30 minutes. In that moment, do a bit of breath work. Where I wake up, I love to do a bit of Vinhoff breathing. I like to set an intention for the day. I may not have time to do breath work and gratitude. Let's keep it real. I'm going to choose a tool, but I'm going to do one thing that is self-care. Maybe that I have only 10 minutes, I'm going to do a stretch. I'm going to do a stretch or I'm going to do a breath work. Or I'm going to set an intention or I'm going to do a little bit of journaling. Whatever it is, or maybe that for someone is spending time with their cats. Maybe that for someone is kissing their partner, right? For others, it might be brushing their children's hair. Actually, it doesn't matter what you do as long as what you do is not being switched on to a device the first 30 minutes when you wake up because your brain is gone to sleep. And then if you just spike up your brain with all this digital information, you're going to be more prone to distraction and procrastination all day long. So those first 30 minutes, they're really super precious. So treat them like gold. Then what I do is I like to have glass of water and I get rid of what I call the things that I'm tempted not to do. And in my case, it's fitness. One of my weak points back when I was a lawyer was to not run. The only kind of running I was to do is to the phone and back to the print room. I'm talking over a decade ago where we were printing stuff. 
I know I'm a bit updated, but make sure that you do the things that you're most likely not to do. So after this first 30 minutes, I'm going to go and check my email, make sure there is no urgency, there is no big drama that I need to tend to. And then I'm going to go for my morning run, for my morning cardio, for my morning strength training. And it doesn't have to be long. It's going to be 30 to 45 minutes in and out and back. Then I start my work. I usually don't eat breakfast. I have uh, one coffee with collagen peptides. I really love intermittent fasting and I batch cook at the weekend. So when it comes to lunchtime, I don't have to stress about what I'm eating. I've already prepped my food at the weekend. I use a massive freezer. I cook as if I had a family of 50 people and then everything is laid out and I don't have to use my brain to think about what I eat. Save your brain for decisions that you have to make for your business. I use my brain only for my business decision during the day. If I have to decide what I wear or what I cook, it's a waste of my energy. It's a waste of my brain. And I need to make that energy focused on the work that I need to deliver. So spare your brain. I prepare my suits the night before I prepare my meal at the weekend. Anything that you can do to spare your brain, spare your brain. When it comes to winding down after you finish your work and you're deliverable for the day, Reward yourself. And no, I don't mean by eating a pizza or a muffin. I mean, reward yourself by telling yourself you've done a good job. Switch on that inner coach within you and look at your milestone. Look at what you've achieved. And maybe you had a crap day, but especially if you had a crap day, you need to find at least one, two, three things that you did well. Because if you don't, your inner critic is going to get activated. Then read a book, socialize, call your best friend, listen to music, go to a yoga class, do something that's going to calm down your nervous system that doesn't revolve around more digital entertainment. I do like watching a movie and I think they're awesome. I, I'm a fan. I have a Netflix subscription like everyone else, but I use them on special occasion. It's something that I set an intention for. I'm going to do it on date night with my partner on Saturday night or something very intentional with my family on a Sunday. I'm not going to use it as a relaxation tool on the day where I need to keep my performance level up. That makes sense. Limits, structure, those are the types of things that are going to get you to where you want to go. Um, there are a number of different options that people can hire for keynote speakers. There are a number of different options that people can hire for coaches and consultants. But there's a reason why they go to you, Charlene. There's a reason why they come to you, especially in the in the law space. Um, what, what do you think that is? What do you think is the thing about you and your business and your speaking and your message that people really connect with? The fact that I'm candid enough to tell you that I've I've gotten it wrong many times. I'm not coming from a place of being on stage because I know best. I'm coming from a place of I've probably made the mistakes you've made 10x. I've come from a place where I've seen what a marriage breaking apart looks like. I've seen what nearly losing a family member looks like. I've seen what not knowing what the next day is going to look like because you're navigating anxiety and insomnia feels like and look like so my message is super authentic and also the point is I still find it hard I find it hard to get this discipline those things that I mentioned today it's a thoughtful every day for me I don't just swan out of bed and and just find it easy but I've embraced the art of enjoying the fact that it's hard and I've made it a part of my life and I think that's really the the moment when the penny drops is when you get, okay, that's hard, but that's a good thing. That's when you fall in love with discipline. And I think a lot of us think that discipline is something for children, something to hate, something that reminds us of being parented and it, we want to rebel against it. But actually, 
if you learn to fall in love with discipline and that's my message then you are going to get the result that you want in life at work but also in your relationship and you know my family is thriving now I have the most beautiful loving family that I could have ever dreamed of and thriving business and all of that is due to the power of discipline I love a, a Joe Rogan line that I hear often. He says, through discipline, I get things done, right? And that's kind of the, the key. It doesn't matter. You know, we talked about different kinds of work, work on your mind, work on your body, work on your business, and all of them require that discipline. And if you have that put in place, because again, you're your biggest critic, nobody really cares whether you do it or not other than you. And this is your own one and only life. So you might as well have those disciplines in place. And discipline is really just a love word. It means that you actually love yourself enough to put these disciplines in place to get you to that next direction or that next spot or or wherever it is that you want to do. So I, I 100% agree with you. Discipline is that key. And the candidness to share what you've gone through is also a connecting factor that I think people will love to hear about uh, when they work with you. Um, where do you see yourself going from here? You're on stages now. You're in the consulting and the law space. What's the future hold for Charlene? Well, number one is I'm launching my podcast in January. So I'm super excited about that. I have a book in the making as well. So I'm currently in conversation with publishers to get that done. And I hopefully will be speaking on a TED Talk as well. So those are my three big milestones. And the reason why they're important to me is because I want the message to be delivered to a wider audience. You know, I have only two hands and there is a limited amount even with online services that you can deliver a message and not everybody can access a coach, not everybody can attend a keynote, but many people can hopefully get a copy of the book. And I really intend for that book to land on the laps of students and aspiring young professionals that want to be equipped with a tool so that they have a sustainable future in their career. Awesome. Charlene, if people want to reach out to you, they want to find out more about that upcoming podcast. They want to find out more about your upcoming book. They want to book you for a keynote spot. How can they do that? The easiest way to connect with me is on my website and through LinkedIn. That's uh, usually the platform that I connect on the most. And this is my social and challenge Giselle. I'll be delighted to hear from you. And of course, if you mentioned the Business Bros podcast, I have a special gift as well. I'll be able to send a preview of the ebook. Ooh, that's nice. I love that. Everybody loves free gifts. Uh, Charlene, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, look, at the end of the day, you become your best critic and you also can become your worst enemy. It's completely up to you. You have to have the discipline to get in place. And oftentimes it's hard to do it on your own. You're going to need a little bit of coaching. You're going to need some consulting. You're going to need somebody there to have your back and tell you what you're doing wrong, but also help you out when you're doing things right. And I think Charlene's one of those people to help you do that. So make sure you guys drop by her website, charlenegiselle.com, charlenegiselle.com. Charlene, thank you very much for being on the program today. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.